Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Welcome back to the Electrify Expo podcast from the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival. Welcome back to another episode of the Electrify Expo podcast. I am Joe Boris here as ever with Chris tomorrow. And Chris, we got a lot to talk about this. Week, oh, right? boy, we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do, Joe. We I do. know, but I want to start us off. So I've been driving around a Ford Maverick 2023 Ford Maverick for the not last an electric years. truck. It's electrified. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is I going mean, to be the conversation. We this have. is going to be the conversation, right? Like does electrified makes sense but i will say this you know like when i when i you know i live in oak park which is like a little kind of suburbia kind of town i can drive from my house to my school to pick up my kids and come back and i'm on electric only the whole time so like even though it's not a plug-in car and it is that sign of traditional hybrid like the prius used to be you know i think it's uh it's all right so this is this is this is the discussion here right so first off you know i have some questions all right, sure. that's that's interesting. How far is the drive to pick up your kids? Oh, it's not far. It's like two miles. They're not back. even. Okay, not they're even. back not in even. the city. Yeah. Okay. What's the like? Okay. How good of a hybrid it is? How like what's? I know nothing about this. Okay, because I've kind of I kind of moved beyond the truck. I wanted a little truck like this like ten years ago, and Ford kept telling me no. So I'm a little jaded that now. A little jaded, right? I'm a little, you know. And it's not because I'm mad at Ford. I'm just. I'm mad at Ford because now they put you know out the truck I want. So maybe the better conversation is this. Do you realize that with the exception of the Mustang, mm-hmm. Ford doesn't actually make a single car? Yeah. They said they were going to do that. That's so, what they said they were going to do. Crossovers yeah. and trucks. So what this is, is it's basically the Ford Fusion. This is their like midsize sedan that everybody's going to drive. It's front wheel drive. It's the hybrid. This is their... This is their like every man basic. You know, there is there is probably an article from Gas Two from many many years ago that talked about my desire for something like this, right? Oh, there's because at least one, at least one, and that's that's just where I'm going because for a lot of people, this is exactly what you're saying. It's the Ford Fusion and it's a hybrid. And since you're not telling me, I looked it up. What to do? It does 42 miles per gallon in the city. As a truck, as a bed, oh, yeah. as a cab, you go 500 miles on a single tank. That's great. Everything about this is great. I love it. Okay, right? And it's and it's nineteen thousand dollars. And it's nineteen thousand dollars. It is so dirt cheap. cheap. Well, that's not for the hybrid, right? No, that is the hybrid. What? The okay. hybrid is the base truck. What? Okay. Okay, now I hate them. Now, now I'm really you, mad. Now, now I'm really mad. Yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. really mad at Ford because I really like this. But 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 okay. You just You're don't want to like it. No, I would have. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it today because as much as I like it, it no longer fits my needs. It's no not. A, needs, it's yeah. not enough. This is a great entry level truck. The hybrid being standard is awesome. Okay, most people don't need the turbo, the extra torque. Most people just buy a truck. Because every now and then they got to move a couch or something, right? Exactly. It's great to have every that. now and then you got to move the couch. And 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 we're probably we're gonna get into this later, probably. But you know, the whole thing is, I I love it, but I'm mad that I don't get to enjoy it because I'm not really the like it's not my thing anymore. 
Okay. But it sounds cool. It sounds cool. It sounds, I, it's really cool. I, I've enjoyed driving it the last couple of days. I, I kind of wish I had this. my age. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel you though, because like I, what my only thing about it is like, I feel like when I was a single guy, this would have been a great truck, but now I'm like a family guy. I got the kids and like, I, I just, there's not enough room in the cab for all of the kids stuff. And I don't want to throw it in the bed of the truck and have it uncovered or, or easily accessed. It's so like not enough truck anymore for where we are in our lives, for where we are in our lives. And life, that's yeah. not to say there aren't people in our age bracket that might benefit from this. That's not to say that, you know, again, there's a lot to recommend this in a lot of ways, it's right? It's not for you. It's, it's just, you. And again, I'm just frustrated. Cause I really like it. I just like, I can't really justify it to myself. Like you can't, you want it. You want to be able to use it right with the kids and all that stuff. But oh, yeah, you know, again, it's, it's, it's all really, you know, I love it. <laughs> well, we've got Chris converted to it. So we're going to just leave it there. It's a positive review all around and uh, <laughs> we'll move on to the next topic. All right, so we're going to get into this topic here with the BMW i3. Now, the i3 is an interesting car because this was one of the... We're throwing it back, right? This was 2011 when that car debuted, and it was made to be this, like, futuristic thing. It was, like, very heavily styled. It had, like, a very, like, angular, forward-looking thing. It had the little suicide doors. Well, after nine years in production and 250,000 of these sold... BMW is finally pulling the plug on the i3 and and like I don't know I kind of feel like you know and I wrote about this in an article that I did uh for another outlet you know we I talked about how when BMW did this in 2011 it seemed like the electric car thing was like 20 30 years in the future and that they were like building this car as a futuristic looking thing but like here we are nine years later and like every car is kind of electric now and it's well, just, like we're talking about electric or electrified no 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 but i mean every new car that comes out like if i said to you this is an electric car or this is not an electric car like electric cars don't look like something from the future electric cars look very normal like an f-150 lightning doesn't stand out from an f-150 diesel you know what i mean right not to the average person where the i3 you know, if you lined up a hundred people who don't care about cars, all hundred of them would be like, oh yeah, that thing's electric or it's got something weird going on. Yeah. Now, and you have a good point there. Um, you know, it just, when it came out, like you said, it was very heavily styled. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, it sold 250,000 units, but that's only 25,000 a year, really, because it's out for almost 10 years. It's, it's not, it didn't sell that many and there's a reason for it you know bmw leaned heavily into this design language for its electric vehicles they kind of made the i brand you know i3 the i its own little sub brand which was like a big thing everybody and you know i think part of the reason i have nothing to justify this but i think part of the reason is nobody was sure if electric cars would stick this time right nobody was sure if they were and so especially in 2011 it was easy to kind of like you know shuffle it off and be like okay well we tried right bmw tried harder than most they really they tried harder than most but think about this what other car could you buy i mean first of all these things are not cheap they're in like the fifty thousand dollar range right right so number one they're not cheap and they are compacts so they're kind of like that mini cooper size but they have carbon fiber unibodies with aluminum suspension components i mean these things are really built where 
you know, if you went back in time to 2011, the only other cars built like this were McLarens and Ferraris. Right. Right. So it's, it was a lot of futuristic stuff driven into a very small package. And, you know, I just want to say, we salute you, I3. You were we the car, you, you, I3. You, were, you were the car that set the world on fire, but, you know, it was a good little car for what it was. And it wasn't for everybody, but, it, you know, it, it did its thing. It did, it its, did thing. its thing. And, and, and now I look at BMW. Look at BMW. And, you know, the thing with the i3 is I, I've known a couple of guys who had these based, you know, just not only people who have reached out to me because we write about them so often, but also people who, you know, I've known along the way that were BMW fans that wanted to go electric and that was what was available to them. Right. You know, and these these 250,000 people, I think most of them really love their little i3. A lot of people really like these. You know, a lot of people really like these. And so again, I would have gone for the I8 just... myself, <laughs> budget permitting. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Okay. It wouldn't exactly. Exactly. But those are neat little cars. And I think, you know, for BMW to kind of have their their what's the new BMW, right? Like they're they're kind of the X1, the X3, there's a new BMW 4 series. They're they already said they're coming out with the seven series. The new uh flagship car is gonna be uh, fully electric. So, I mean, this is something that, yeah, every BMW now is going to be electric by 2030. And, uh, that's just how it is now because that's, that's what's happening in the world. So, right. That's what's happening in the world. So it seems like the I three has been around since like the beginning of the electrification talk, but another thing that we've been talking about since the very, very beginning of this wave of EVs. And even before that is Volkswagen bringing back the microbus, right? Yes. This, this, this conversation has come up quite. So I actually did some research on this. Do you remember when the Volkswagen new beetle came out? Yes. So that was 1998. And the first concept microbus was in 2001 at like the Detroit auto show in January of 2001. So we wanted to bring this back forever. We've been talking about this car coming back and it looks just the same as the original concept in 2001. We've been talking about this for 21 years now, but like it might actually happen this time. (laughs) It appears to be happening, but, but I'm so jaded, right? I'm so jaded by it at this point. Well, because Ford brought out the Maverick, which was the little electrified truck that you were begging for 10 years ago. VW is bringing out this, this like, you know, kind of hippie van electric thing, which would have been perfect for 25 year old Chris tomorrow to take would have been perfect for 25 year old Chris (laughs) tomorrow to take to a music festival. Right. And yet, and yet again, I look at this, I'm like, it, it's not for me. And you know, maybe I'm just getting old. Right. But it's, it's, it's not for me, but that doesn't mean it's not amazing. And I don't know that it's amazing. I haven't been in it. Haven't seen much but a few photos. It's cool, though. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's totally it's a music festival vibe. Right. It's cool. It's a bus that's electric. And it looks like a BMW. Uh, BMW. It looks like a Volkswagen. And, you know, it's a thing, right? It, it, it looks like a Volkswagen bus. It is a Volkswagen bus. that this is going to be a minivan play? Or do you think this is going to be like a like a retro boomer type of play? Now the boomers are done buying cars. They got it maybe ten more years. This is not a boomer. Nah, 
Yeah, this is not a boomer car. No offense, who, boomers. No offense to the there? boomers out there. I'm just saying. No, but who's out there under the age of 30 that's like really reminiscent of a V, you know, that's like really feeling the nostalgia of a VW van? See, that's the thing with this, right? Okay, it's not about the nostalgia. It's more about what's practical, what's cool these days. You know, the Volkswagen, you know, bus, it's always going to have a place in history. It's always going to be the hippie van. People are always, people are still re- redoing these. It's still a huge market. You can be, have a business just in that. Right. That's true. Because I mean, like Fisher buggies out of Florida, they were they've been doing this for 30, 40 right, years. Right. So it's still a thing. It's bus. always it's a going thing. to be a thing. All right. Um, so it's just something we have to, you know, like I think they're gonna we sell have a lot to of accept them. it. We have to accept it. Like it's not gonna they they hit gold. And you know what? Maybe that's why they took their time bringing it back. They know they hit. They hit gold the first time. And if they're really going to bring it back, you know, because they ran it by the 80s, it was kind of a different beast in a lot of ways. But that was just the market, right? Like the market yeah. kind of dictated. But then they also had, they went to the Vanagon and then they did the Euro van that was like some kind of weird front and wheel drive. And it kind of lost its way a little bit. Lost its way. All yeah. right. And again, that's not to say they were bad vehicles per se, but it got away from its roots. This is a small, electric van so are they going for a minivan now if you look at the trunk space you could put this seems very lifestyle vehicle but you know i think this is a <laughs> all right now maybe i do want one because i'll just say this <laughs> i'll just say this okay yeah um you know i'm a new england kind of guy right i'm a new englander so okay. for, for the people who don't know what that means what does that mean that means that um, I'm not your California sunshine pop up my thing on the beach because guess what? Even in the midsummer, our beaches are cold, right? Like, okay, okay. Beaches there is a thought, right? But what we do love is hiking and dogs. Oh yeah. So I could see a world where I had one of these for my dogs, and a lot of people my age, eh, kids were like, eh, you know, maybe. But yeah, dogs, maybe it's ca- not you know. Kids. Yeah, maybe it's, it's not. This is a Colorado. If the original, if the original yeah. VW bus was California, this one is Colorado. This and is Colorado. I say because this is like you know, Portland, Seattle, Colorado feels like it's halfway between California and Connecticut. And uh, not just <laughs> geographically, not just geographically, but like, like as like a, a culture. All right. Yeah. The, they don't have good food. All right. But they do have good beer. Right. I could see it. I could uh, see it. Yeah. So this is like yeah, I might be onto a new cultural zeitgeist here. I think so. This is this has an IPA vibe to it. This has this has an IPA vibe at a bar where you bring your dog. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're definitely you're definitely at a bar where you can bring and your you've own dog. Definitely, you've definitely gone to at least one of those uh clean up our highway events in your life. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. I'm gonna cut that part off. You've thought about it. <laughs> No, no, no. You thought, thought about it. You thought about it. You thought about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think maybe you said- didn't go, but you sent them five bucks. But let's talk about this a little bit. I think inside the ID buzz, it does look like the VW ID4. It looks very finished. It looks like it's ready for production. And honestly, it, they've got some cool little Easter eggs there. They've got the little, you know, VW uh, van yeah. kind of profile embossed in some of the plastic. I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be a good vehicle. And I, I see it as if they price it right, if you're you know looking for something in that like Volvo XC40, maybe you know Kia Nero or uh, the Kia Nero or like the uh, Hyundai Ionic 5, 
and you like dig those cars, but you just like want something different that's not an SUV. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really a really good. I thing. think this works for a lot of people. Yeah. So one other thing that I think will be good with this is you could put bikes in it, and e-bikes is like a huge, huge thing. So like Chris, I know you know we were at the Miami show and you got to hang out with the Rad Power people. They got a hundred and fifty million dollar investment uh, towards the end of last year, which is just enormous uh super 73 is doing really big business and the m- most recent one which is this last week juiced bikes got a 10 million dollar investment from a, a chinese uh, motor manufacturer that basically does their motors and controllers and and that 10 million is just for building up parts inventory and doing tech support stuff so i mean like this is a real business now i mean there's a yeah. lot of people who are buying these things off of like, you know, some black label site, putting their own stickers on it and selling them on Amazon. But I mean, this is becoming big, big business in the United States. And, and frankly, this is one I didn't see coming. Really? Why is that? You know, I, I think it's because I have been hearing now that cycling is the new golf since about 2005. And like, you know, I spent the money. I bought the specialized. I did the whole thing. I got the little skinny tight pants that look horrible on me. Oh, dear God. Nobody had that thought. (laughs) Picture it. (laughs) But, you know, we we all did that, right? But like, it just didn't really seem to take off except for old dudes that you didn't want to see in skinny pants. But everybody (laughs) buys e-bikes, dude. Everybody. Well, you know, I just, it makes sense to me because everybody can ride an e-bike. And Everybody you know, sometimes riding, you say it quotes because you, you know, you press the little button and it goes it for you. You press the button. And it but you feel you. really good about yourself. It's an easy shot of dopamine because, hey, I'm riding a bike. And yeah, you know what? There's think, probably more nostalgia with it, too. I think that that's part of it, right? Like when I, you know, if I get on a bike right now and I just go pedal for two, three miles, yep. I'm going to feel like an old guy who just got on a bike. You feel I'm exhausted, gonna, right? You feel exhausted. You're not sitting there thinking about like you know, wow, the freedom of two wheels and moving quickly like you did when you were a kid. But on the e-bike, you do feel that way. So the juice bike, we yes. talked about juice. That's really good. It is good, right? That's really good. That's really good. Somebody should found, that down. It's not just the freedom, it's the power, right? It's the power. It's, the like, power. It's, it's this idea where- I'm making this thing go. I'm making this thing go. And, and it's just like, you don't think about how tired you are. You don't think about whether or not you're going uphill. You just kind of go and it's cool and you're enjoying yourself. So- I want to talk about Juiced a little bit because with their new announcement, they also put out a new bike, uh, the Rip Racer, which is a 28 mile an hour class two. It's a cool little bike, $13.99. Now, this is actually the second time we've talked about them recently. I don't know if you remember, we looked at their two passenger bike right before the uh, New Year's holiday. Yes. And yeah. that was another new bike that they came out with. So these guys are really coming out with some good stuff. Well, and uh, $13.99 the- for the a- new bike. That's cheap. I That's like it. real cheap. And you know what? Again, there's a reason why they got the investment they did. But we got yes. we got one last thing, and this is uh this is a this is an interesting one. All right, hit this me. Is, the Tesla Supercharger Network is expanding to be open to everyone. Asterisk in Norway and France. So they're letting starting starting in Norway and France. We don't know where this will go because it's tesla okay because it says they do a lot of things battery swapping okay <laughs> never gonna yes. let them live that down right it no was a, all right that doesn't mean now 
on the other side of it, on the other page of it, Tesla also gave away its patents. It said, you can use our patents. You can use our yes. stuff. So, you know, they're, 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 it's a pilot program. They're, that means they're going to try it out, going to see, you know, what's happening. But, but here's um, the thing. Like, Tesla doesn't need the money, right? They're not doing this. Nah, they're not doing this for revenue. They're not doing I mean, this. They, 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 you know, are they not burning through all their money to expand? They are, but I mean, if you if you look at so there's a lot of weird utilities and weird laws that surround selling electricity, which is one of the problems that you face as an yeah. infrastructure builder. Mm-hmm. And that is that you in many parts of the world and certainly in many parts of North America, you are not legally allowed to sell electricity for a profit. Mm-hmm. So what is this really about? And I, I think being a computer guy and being from that world, I think this is a data play. When they connect to the car, they now are communicating with the ECM. They're communicating with all that information. They're able to pull it. I guarantee you there's something that pops up in a uh, you know user agreement that nobody reads. It says we can read your vehicle data. And this is just going to be more fuel, more information for Tesla to grow and get a better sense of how people are really using their EVs and get another leg up on the big three, because I mean, let's face it. If you're a Ford Mustang Mach-E guy, you might very well want to take advantage of the supercharger network Mm because you're driving across the country. If you're a model three guy, there's no way you're going to stop at like the Walmart electrify America station for two hours. You're going to hit the supercharger and be in and out of there in 25 minutes. So this is not something that is, this is something to get information. This is something to get other people who are not currently in that Tesla fold to bring them in and find some way to make them profitable for Tesla. And I think starting with France and Norway makes sense. I think Korea makes sense because there the charge port is the same, right? In the U S Tesla has a, a proprietary charging plug. Uh, right. you know, and again, you know, we, we talk about this all the time because you and I are in this space, but I think a lot of people still don't realize Different electric cars have different plugs. So I will, yes. So that's number one, right? Does it does it fit? You know, and they make adapters, but does it fit? Yeah. All right. In, but, in in Norway and France, it fits because they make them all use CCS. Right. Which is why this makes sense. Now, the other thing I will say is uh you could sell electricity for profit in some states. There are there are third-party suppliers. So sure. you know, you have a good point there, but you know, data, Tesla loves its data. I think you're right there. But I also think, you know, <laughs> there's probably this hope, all right? You know, I think when they released their patents, they were hoping, hey, somebody's going to make a suit. They're, 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 you know, some automaker is going to do superchargers, right? Like they're going to make them, uh, someone's going to adopt them, and it's going to be a thing. Uh, and I don't think that really happened. You know, I don't know that anything really came of that patent play. So this might be the follow-up, which is, mm-hmm. We already put the money into the infrastructure and it doesn't really cost you anything because we've given you the patent, right? Mm-hmm. So you can already use our charging system, right? You can already, and we have the network. And so maybe it's just a way to get people to those Tesla superchargers. You know, maybe it's just, it doesn't cost them anything, no. right? And you have to use Tesla's app to pay for it and connect to yeah. it. Yeah. And so even if you don't drive a Tesla electric car, you might still be engaging with Tesla. So A, they get your data. B, yeah, you know what? You can make money off of this. And I think Tesla, you know, 
I we like Rimac really like we like yep. them a lot. And yep. they got started doing parts for electric vehicles. And certainly yep. Tesla didn't, but maybe Tesla wants to get in on that. So I don't know. I think that's where it's at. I think it's a smart play, regardless of what the end result is. Yeah. I think it's a really smart play. And I think if I was if I was a smaller company, if I was Nissan or Renault, and if I was, you know, Chrysler, I might say to myself, you know what? I'm going to uh, build my cars to be compatible with the supercharger right. network now that I'm allowed to. Now and, that I'm allowed uh, to. That seems like a much easier way of doing this than building out my own infrastructure since there's right. one that's already there and one that's already good. Exactly. So uh, I, I hear you. I think that's real smart. And I, I think that's some good analysis. So uh, I, I we'll think we call that a show. I think we, we call that a show, brother. I, yeah. Th- whenever we say something smart, I get real scared. So it's best to end it on a high note, right? It's best to end it on a high note. All, All right. right. So we're going to have five Electrify Expo live events this summer. We're going to be in Los Angeles. We're going to be in Seattle. We're going to be in Miami. We're going to be in New York. And we're going to be in Austin. We're also going to do Industry Day. So, Chris, I hope you come out to Industry Day this year because it was uh, you missed out last time, brother. It was cool. Well, I plan it. I plan on it. I'll be there. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. The Electrify Expo podcast is brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, America's largest e-mobility festival featuring the hottest electrified brands and products in the e-mobility sector. The Electrify Expo is coming to five major cities in 2022, so be sure to subscribe and don't miss out. Thanks for listening to the Electrify podcast. Brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV. And follow along on social media for daily clips and more.